I reckon, I reckon some of you are here this morning hoping for something. And today I'm, I want to talk about raising your expectations. Maybe some of you here are just here for the aircon, but I reckon there's a few that are here because they expect me <laughs> to say something that's going to be helpful and beneficial. So with that, let's, uh, let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we're your sheep, we hear your voice, um, a stranger's voice we won't follow. So we just thank you that you're removing distractions, even now, you're removing any hindrance to hearing this clearly. And Lord, I just thank you that you'd speak clearly, you'd help me as I bring this word, and you'd bless us as we hear this and put it into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning I want to talk about, it all hinges on this, this one verse, and whatsoever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Um, so there's a famous quote from Billy Graham and he says, God's more willing to answer than we are to ask. And so this morning I want to talk to you about raising our expectations, about how we do that, how, how we move on from past disappointments. There's a, there was a, there's a story I heard, it's a true story I'm sure, there's a man standing on the beach down at the Gold Coast looking out at the sea and all of a sudden the clouds came down um, and he was surrounded by clouds and God spoke to him. Now you can tell it's a joke, uh, not a true story. But God spoke to him and out of the cloud and he said, Behold, I'll give you one wish. Whatever you ask for, I'll give you. Um, and so the man was like, oh, oh, that's great. I was just daydreaming away and I was thinking how good it would be to be able to drive to Hawaii from here. I don't like long flights, so I just thought, you know, I've got one for you, God. I want a bridge from here to Hawaii, straight through the ocean. And so God said, I don't think you've thought this through, eh? Uh, I think I'll give you a bit more time to think about this and I'll come back. And so he thought about it all afternoon and as the sun sets, he goes, right, God, I've got one. I've thought about this one a bit more. Um, I want to be able to understand my wife, how she thinks, how she acts, um, why she gives me the silent treatment. Uh, and so God said, okay, did you want that bridge with two lanes or four? <laughs> and yet, yet that's, that joke stood out to me because though it's got no spiritual meaning at all <laughs> whatsoever, um, but God's not a genie. He's not a, um, he's not a genie in the bottle where we um, rub the lamp and get our wish, right? Yeah. And yet we've got this verse. Whatsoever things you ask in prayer, prayer, believing you will receive. And so what do we do with that? How do we handle this? Um, so there are some terms and conditions. There always is, isn't there? Um, now they say T's and C's, right? Because it's quicker. <laughs> um, but what's the golden rule? If it sounds too good to be true, probably is. And um, this week I had a bit, bit of an embarrassing moment, actually. Um, probably happened really well to tie into the sermon. But um, <laughs> you ever been caught out by something that looked too good to be true and you believed it anyways? Um, I had the moment like that. I've had a few of them, too many to, be, to admit to. Um, but I, I had... Um, my dad sent me this link to a website of clearance. And I was like, oh, I clicked on the link, opened it up. I thought, this is great. Oh, it's RM Williams clearance, outlet clearance. I was like, oh, this is good. And um, I was scrolling away and I was like, 
gee, this is, this is too cheap. This is great. And, um, and so I added a few things to the cart and I was like, oh. And, um, and then I looked at it and I saw it said it was like $130. And I, ha I had like two pairs of $600 boots and like a belt that was like $150. And I was like, and I was walking over to the shoe rack to check my shoe size. And I was thinking, I'll make sure I get the right one here. <laughs> and, then, and then I said, I called out to, to Rach and, and mum hey, we're going to get like twelve, thirteen hundred dollars $1,300 worth of stuff and it's only going to be like 100 bucks. And the clock started turning. And then Rach, Rach is like, where's that link from? What are you talking about? And she said, that's probably a scam. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yep. So, um, but if it's too good to be true, it probably is. But, oh, very good. We're on the next slide already. Um, but as Christians, our message is too good to be true. Our gospel, the word gospel is a Latin word, comes from the Greek word evangelia, which is the too good to be true news. It was used like a hyperbole, like this is unreal, unbelievable. And that's our message. So what do we do when, when we're taught not to believe something that's too good to be true, like you can ask God for things and he'll give it to you, how do we mesh the two together? Like as Christians, we've got this, we believe in sins we've never seen. We believe in a God that can part a sea and a whole nation can go through and then it can close up in time to stop the next fellas coming through. And then he does it again 40 years later going into the, across the Jordan, he stops it. And, um, and what, someone who can turn water into wine, we believe in. And we, as, as a church here, we believe that God still works today. Aren't we nuts, right? We're totally off the kilter. At least some people have the common sense to believe that it sort of, you know, wound up a little while ago and, um, and, and to not get too out there, you know. Um, but this is us. This is who we are. We believe our primary message that we preach the gospel is the too good to be true news. And so when I come to this verse, I like to come up with the terms and conditions and go, ah, all right, I'll give you the context because, you know, the text without a context is just a con. But, but I pause for a second on this verse because it's shocking and it's a little bit, it takes me back a little bit and sometimes I find maybe I need to just let that shock me a little bit and just go, well, if he said it, I need to listen to this and let it change me instead of trying to change it to say what I want it to say. And so, so this morning I do want to give a few terms and conditions, but I wonder for, if for a minute we can just sort of wonder, what does that mean? Can we, can we believe what it says? Is it just a one-off? Unfortunately, it's not. We're not off the hook yet. Um, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Whatever you ask what you desire whatever things you ask when you pray believe that you receive then you will have it we've got so many verses here that it's not just a one-off jesus says it four times one after the other in his very last message to the disciples after judas takes off to do his betrayal um, and so it's it's not a one-off we can't just write it off as 
you know, oh, well, he just, he didn't mean it like that, really. So what does he mean? What's he saying to us when he's saying whatever and anything? That's so vague. Can, can I just ask for a, uh, you know, I, I would really like a new Lamborghini. That's, they're pretty cool. And um, I'll just get one of them and that'll be great. Uh, so I'll just ask God and I'll get it. Is that, is that what we're saying? And, and we all know that's not the case, right? But I think a key there, like, I mean, I've got family and maybe you do too. So if we, we shoot off a selfish prayer like that and we want a two-door coupe that won't hit any, get up the gutter of the church there because it's so steep. This makes me nearly stack my motorbike a little bit, if I'm honest. Um, how, how do we reconcile that? Because he says anything. What do we do with that? Um, and so one of the keys is right there. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Some of you might have. But believing you'll receive. And I know that I can't believe that God wants to give me a Lamborghini to take my kids to church in <laughs> tied onto the roof. I just, I don't have faith that. If you do, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing that Lamborghini of yours. I'll even go for a ride with you. Um, but I don't, I don't believe that God wants to give me a Lamborghini. So that's our first term and condition is we have to believe it. And I think that's, that's so pivotal and key to this, this verse for me is where am I at with God? What do I believe him for? Because sometimes not very much. Sometimes my expectation of God has been so diminished that I'm sort of going, well, do I pray for the rain, for a, a clear day tomorrow so we can have a good day doing something? Or do I go, you know what, I don't even reckon that's going to happen. Like, fat chance. He's got things on his agenda. He's got to water the grass. He's got to take care of all the birds. You know, your father in heaven, he, he knows all those sparrows. And so... So sometimes I find myself going, well, I don't, I'm asking for things and I'm not even believing for them. Yeah. And maybe that's where I need to come back to for, for a minute. Jesus says, have faith in God. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, but believes in his heart that those things which he says shall be done, he will have what he says. And so when we say, we've got to say it, right? We've got to believe it, right? But do we believe it in our heart, you know? Um, and this verse also is another one that you just look at and you go, what does that even mean? Say to a mountain, not a literal mountain, surely. And yet the verse immediately before this in Mark 11, 20, 21, is where Jesus literally spoke to a, a literal fig tree and cursed it and it literally died, like a physical tree died. Because he did this. And so this is our challenge, is how do we believe that? And how do we get there when it's so too good to be true? Um, and yet, it's not just Jesus that can do this. Because that's another good out, isn't it? Well, that was Jesus. And he says that if we do it too, but, you know, he, he, surely he didn't say that again. And yet he says this, which takes it even further, blows it out of the water. Not only do we have to talk to the fig tree, maybe we've got to talk to two. Um, because he says, whoever believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works. Because he goes to his father. And when he went to the father, 
He, he didn't leave us orphans. He sent the Holy Spirit. And so because we've got the Holy Spirit with us, there's this expectation, this invitation and this offer that we participate in things that are too good to be true. I don't know if you can think of something in your life that's just been too good to be true. If I can see a hand in the house that's a miracle from God that was just not out, totally outside of the, the natural. And, and me too. And that's our invitation. Um, so as we're talking about raising our expectations, our next condition is joy. The purpose of asking is joy. And so what's something that we're asking for that's going to bring us joy? I wonder if you've got anything um, that you can think of right now that you are asking God for that's going to bring you joy. Because I know I was sitting in prayer one morning and, um, and I, this, this question came up in my head, what are you asking me for? And I sort of thought, well, not much. I'm pretty, pretty happy. I'm satisfied with what I've got. I'm a happy little... I just want to thank you, God, for what I have got. I'm grateful. But that's not, the, that's not the, what we're commanded to do here. We're told to ask so that we can bring joy to our lives, so that he can do what he wants to do in us and through us. And so I was challenged by that, and from that I went down and I wrote down a whole heap of things and I started assessing them on those basis of joy does it bring me joy and can i is this realistic do i really believe that god's you know got a a chance in giving me this or is this just something that's i've got no no chance that i'm i believe that god can do it he might be able to do it but i don't i got no faith and belief in me for that and so the final terms and condition is to does it bring God glory? And so we find this little gem in John 14, which I mentioned earlier at the start, erroneously. Um, and the purpose is that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And so um, the question that's on everyone's mind, I guess, and mine, mine too, maybe you're sitting here thinking, it's easy for you, young fella, you haven't gone through anything that's... Um, that's negated your ability to believe God for something. Maybe you just think, oh, we'll just, it's just like that joke you told at the start. You just ask God and he'll do it and you'll get your bridge to Hawaii. Um, but, but what are some of the reasons why we don't take this invitation that he's offering to us? What are some of the reasons why we say no? Do we think it's too good to be true? So we write it off, pass it away and think, well... We'll just find some reason why we don't want to... We'll just cut that out of the Bible, scribble it out and move on, read on. Um, but the question is, why don't we see it sometimes, you know? I want to tell you a story from the Bible, so hopefully it gives me a little bit of credibility. Um, you've, all <laughs> you've all heard of John the Baptist... Um, and maybe you've been in a position like the, like the people I'm going to tell the story of where you're just feeling really deflated. Um, and, and the story I'm going to tell is of when John the Baptist was, um, was beheaded by the king. And his disciples and Jesus' followers 
They've been following him for years and years, decades maybe. Great man of God, baptised Jesus. He was the one chosen by God as the forerunner of Jesus' ministry to recognise him in baptism and to, and to call out, this is the Son of God that takes away the sins of the world, the Lamb of God. And yet here he is, this great man of God, man of faith, man of change, man of good things, and he's been taken out by the king. And not even the king, the king didn't even want to do it. It was the king's wife, dodgy wife. And um, <laughs> she's, she's a pretty dodgy fellow if you look her up. She's, she's not bad news. Uh, she gets her daughter to do the dirty work. And so the disciples are feeling discouraged. They've probably got a few questions. They're probably walking alongside Jesus afterwards and, and maybe they can smell him. They can smell Jesus and they're going, isn't this the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, King at his birth? What's going on? This is his, his mate, John the Baptist, and yet he's, he's gone and Jesus didn't do anything to stop it. What's going on here? Um, and it's from that that my story picks up. Um, and Jesus called, no, recognizes the need for rest. And I wonder if, that's maybe where some of us are at. We're at a place where we need to recognize a need to rest and get back to God alone with Jesus out in the wilderness and find somewhere where we can rest and be refreshed. Because some of us aren't up for asking, believing, receiving joy and, and glory of God. Some of us aren't there. Some of us are feeling a little bit deflated from our circumstances and past disappointments. Maybe you've had something like the disciples happen to you where... You, were, you weren't expecting what happened, and it's happened. And you're left going, is this really Jesus? Is this really the King of Kings that can do anything? And yet, when John the Baptist was in that situation, you know, he could have, surely he could have raised him from the dead or put his head back on, or who knows, right? And so we go, well, it says anything, maybe we ask for that. Um, but, but God wants to draw us from our past disappointments into the future. And that's what we see Jesus do. He calls his disciples out to the wilderness with him. He calls them on to um, a deserted place and they were because they were coming and going and didn't have time to rest. And that's a big key in how we start to see this verse, this asking and receiving come to life, is sometimes we need to start from a place of resting of just getting away with Jesus and going, all right, I need to spend some time and get this thing sorted because I'm not in a position where I can give out until I can fill up. And Jesus, when he came out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. And when the day was far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and already the hour is late. And you can see the disciples aren't really interested in Jesus' compassion right now. They're interested in getting refreshed and revived. And maybe that's where you're at. Um, and, and the disciples said, send them away that they may go into the surrounding countries and villages and buy for themselves bread for they don't have anything to eat. And he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? 
And maybe that's where you're at this morning, is you feel a call of God uh, or a demand on yourself or a pressure of life or your situation that you need something, you're not feeling up for it, you need to get away and rest, and yet you feel this demand taken, taken from you, the cost of living or the, um, the bill or the, um, this, the health challenge, and you, you find yourself in this circumstance going, I can't do this. This is too much, Jesus. I, I'm not, we're not going to spend all we can't afford to feed these people. And yet Jesus' response and his question was never intended to be done in the natural. Because his response is, is always to us, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said two, five and two fish. And we all know the rest of the story. It's Jesus multiplies it and performs a miracle. And, um, and they're all fed, thousands and thousands of them. And, um, and sometimes this is just such a great example of what happens to us. We think we have to do it all in the natural. But, and we're worn out, we're tired of believing, we're not ready for it. But Jesus' invitation is still there for us when we're feeling deflated, when we feel like we need rest. His invitation is always there. Whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe and you shall receive. And so Jesus' response with the Father wasn't, I'm going to go be a baker. I'm going to go grow a field of barley and start feeding these people. But his response was, Father, thank you for this food. And he blessed it and he hands it out and feeds the thousands. And sometimes that's where we go off track is we don't have that, that wisdom of someone close by us um, to, to take us by the hand and go, hey, I'm not asking you to do this on your own strength. You don't have to believe on your own. You don't have to work out the joy and the glory and the, and the asking and the whatever and the what's anything mean. Sometimes we, we just need to go to the Father and spend time with Him and work out what He wants us to ask and abide in Him and let His words abide in us. And when we do that in John 15, it says, Then you'll ask the Father what you desire and it'll be done for you. And so it's sometimes in that desert place and it's sometimes in that place full of faith, like Peter's shadow touching people as we walk past and they're being miraculously changed and transformed. But our call is always to believe something that's too good to be true, whatever circumstance we're in. The third thing and final thing I want to talk about this morning is the, the method. We've talked about what the terms and conditions are. We've talked about why we don't go for it, why we choose to sort of pass this by, this offer. But the third thing I want to talk about is maybe if you're in that place where you say, look, Adam, you know what? I'm ready this morning. I've got some things I, I need help with. I need God's intervention supernaturally with. Or there's some things I just need, I'd just like to see happen in my life, some dreams that God's and desires that God's given um, in my heart and I want to see them come to pass. I want to see my family grow. I don't know if anyone else was encouraged when David started sharing that story of the prayer of Jabez. 
I know Jonathan's pretty keen on it too. But I myself was pretty keen when he's when we when we read about Jabez, whose prayer is, God, I pray that you bless me and enlarge my territory, and bless me exceedingly indeed. And yet, um, and so maybe that's your prayer this morning: is that God would increase your capacity, enlarge your territory, make you able to contain more, make you able to be blessed to be a blessing. Maybe your prayer is just to walk in health and to improve your health. Um, or maybe you are in that place of desperation where you've got a financial need that's pressing, that you would need this, this miracle to come through. You need the, you're not looking for the blessing of God, you're looking for an immediate miracle, that you need a change. And so I wonder if you're in either of those positions this morning, the key to receiving to um to receiving this from god is believing and asking speaking it out starting to let that come out sometimes it doesn't have to be in that order sometimes you can start saying it start hearing it and start believing it in your heart maybe maybe that prompt needs to come from your your mouth to start encouraging yourself and going you know what he is my god and he provides all my needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus until that starts to percolate and starts to become reality and belief in our hearts. And the, the other thing that always has to happen when we're looking to receive, because we're looking to receive this morning, we're looking to have something, ask for something and receive it. But what, my wife's just about due, as you all know, and she hasn't had it yet, just to, just to answer that question. <laughs> um, and when you get when you ha- get ready for a baby, you always pre- you always prepare. When you're expecting something from God, it's the same thing. And so, I guess the question is, what steps can we take to prepare for what God's going to do? If we want to start seeing God moving, are we then to start thanking Him in advance? I've been called out a lot of times where I've asked God for something, He's done it. I've gone, gee, I'm a bit late now. I've got, gee, I should have been thanking him before now. And now I've got this, you know, he's done something I could never thank him enough for. And I'm already behind. <laughs> um, and so, and thanks. And, and the Bible says in the Psalms, I think it's verse, Psalm 69 or 67, um, praise brings a harvest. That when we praise, it prepares the soil, um, if you will. And so just like my wife and I, when we're preparing for this baby, we start to maybe do things differently, put things aside, maybe take time differently for and, and um, make sure we're not, you know, planning a holiday or <laughs> overseas or something when, when things are, um, are about to expect a baby. And maybe that's the same for us this morning. What are we preparing for what God's going to do? I've got to give a little disclaimer here because sometimes we can act outside of what we believe and we cannot see it. I'm not not telling anyone here to to go throwing their glasses away or throw their pills in the bin or anything like that. I I hope you're hearing me well here this morning. I'm not saying we, we step outside what we really believe in our heart and we go, well, I've asked God for it and that means it's going to happen and I reckon I believe it enough and we step outside what we should and we cop the consequences. So if you're in that position this morning where you go, I'm not quite there yet, 
I'm not looking to, I'm not encouraging anyone to be stepping outside what they really believe um, and do anything silly or dangerous. Uh, I just thought I'd better say that. Um, and so in closing, I've got to leave you with this question. What are you expecting? And what's your basis of expecting that? Will it bring you joy? Will it give glory to the Father? Do you believe it? Or are you, or are you still working on that? That's okay. The truth sets us free sometimes. And sometimes that's a truth we need to work on. And what are we asking for? What is, what's coming out of our mouth? Because I don't know about you, but since, since I was in prayer that morning and I, and I thought, well, I'm really, not really asking for anything. I'm, I've since changed that. And I've decided that I need to start asking because God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to his power, but it works in us. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus, to all generations forever and ever. So I wonder if you want to close your eyes and, and bow your hearts this morning. I want to pray with you. I wonder if you've got that in your, in your mind this morning, um, front of mind or front of heart, some of those things that you want to believe, start believing God for. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, that you've got an invitation for us for more than what we could do on our own. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that for some of us, we don't know what we want to ask, Lord. We've been not asking for so long that we've forgotten how. Lord, I just thank you that you're putting desires in our hearts, desires that will bring joy to us and those around us, desires that will bring change and glorify the Father in the Son, in, in our circumstances, in our town and in our families, Lord. We just thank you, Father, that we ask in faith and we agree this morning that those circumstances that need to change are changed in Jesus' name. We believe that. We just thank you that those things that we are up against in health are changed in Jesus' name. And healing is released and can come freely. We agree on that. And we just thank you, Lord, that for those of us that are feeling complacent or satisfied with what we have, Lord, we just thank you that you want to burn a desire that you would set us ablaze inside for, for more, Lord, that we would not just be satisfied with where we are or what we have, but we want to see ourselves grow and be blessed so that we have so much that we just don't need it all and we can give it away to others, that we have so much healing and health inside our bodies that we can go and help those that aren't, that we have so much healing that we can pray for sick and they can come alive. We just thank you, Jesus, for your promises. Uh, in your word and we just thank you for your invitation that it would stir us this morning and shock us and not leave us where we are in Jesus mighty name amen